0: Uh, so thanks again for being here. I, I want to say a couple things before I start um, the talk. I want to acknowledge, which I always want to do, is to acknowledge the world and that, that there was another mass shooting yesterday in, in uh, Norfolk, not Virginia. Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, thank you, with 12 people. And I read, a, I read a blog, somebody was writing about it, you know, talking about how we've gotten to this place of just, oh, you know, he was right. he was going somewhere with his family and he'd heard about it and, you know, he was trying to tell his wife about it, but not in so many words so the kids would hear it, they were in the car, and, um, So he just said particular code words, and she understood, and they were going to a dinner, like a fun family dinner place. And and it's like, okay, we compartmentalize these things, you know, because it's just, it is just part of the society that we're in. And he he mentioned a statistic that I don't know. I didn't check it, but I trust this person. And he said that in 2017, there were 40,000 people in the United States killed by guns. Which is ext- makes sense. It's it's extraordinary, extraordinary. I mean, more than any terrorist, more than any immigrant, more than any anything. It's it's in, it's, it's our own. It's our own uh, internal insanity, and that kind of fits in a little bit what I want to talk about today. And. Um, I also want to say that last week, last Sunday, I went down. My husband and I, we went down to We Rise. Do you know what We Rise is? They do it every year. It's like a pop up. It's downtown near the Arts District. They get like a couple of warehouses, and they, it's um, it's a free event, and it's ten days long, and there's programming and art, art installation. And and performances and talks and screenings and it's really quite extraordinary and i think they're thematic a year ago i went and it was i think it was about mass incarceration and this year it was about mental health and like last year i went and it was john legend in conversation with uh, brian stevenson who wrote just mercy and it was really powerful and this year is about uh, a mental health point of view and the art, the art exhibit, you go through, I mean, there were hundreds of artists did pieces and you walk through and it was like this journey through, like you're kind of, I don't want to say sane, but you're healthy, you're mentally, I know, words fail me, but you walk through and all of a sudden in the middle of this um, art piece, you really, I mean, there's a lot of different pieces by a lot of different artists and you feel, wow, you feel they're speaking about, you know, what their experience has been, either in the system or with their own experience. And then you come out and there's a, there seems to be like a healing. So it was a, really quite a powerful exhibit. And then um, we watched the first two episodes of Ava DuVernay's new piece, the new Netflix, on the. Um, when they see us. When, yeah, when they see us, uh, that's Central Park 5. So they showed the first two episodes last week, and then the whole thing dropped yesterday on Netflix, and I recommend it highly. It's really powerful. When they see it? Yeah. Well when, when they see it? When they see, yeah, I can never remember the title. Yeah. So I recommend that highly. Again, um, welcome to America. Yeah, I, one of my teacher, James Barris, um, says, when people say, how are you, he always answers, my heart is breaking for the world. And I'm fine. I'm okay. So to, to acknowledge the reality I mean, because you want to come to a place of balance so they are not carrying the, the weight of this but to an acknowledgement of the reality of the world we live in at the same point saying my life is actually okay. You know? Today I'm, I'm all right. There's X, Y, and Z going on but I'm all right. So, anyway, so I just want to I always try and uh, acknowledge out there because when there's no out there, it's all it's all here. So what I want to talk about is this this idea. This um, there's a sutta called the Sutta, which I don't actually hear taught very much, but I read was reading about it. Something I was looking at last week and then I listened to a Dharma talk and saw an article about it. And I thought it was really an interesting thing. It's about, it's called the Guardians of the World. Maybe you've heard about this. Hiri and Otapa. It's interesting. Bhikkhu Bodhi wrote an article about it and then um, I heard a podcast on it by Kamala Masters. He's called Kamala Harris, but it's Kamala Masters. <laughs> yes. um, and and what they are are basically those are the two Pali words, Hiri and Otapa. And in, in Hiri, um, the translations can be a little problematic sometimes, but really basically it means respect for self and respect for others. Mm-hmm. And Bhikkhu Bodhi talks about them as the underpinnings of the precepts. We all know what the precepts are. Don't kill, don't take what's not offered. Um, be wise with your sexuality, don't, um, um, be wise with your speech. Hiri, H-I-R-I and Otapa, O-T-T-A-P-P-A. Guardians of the world is what, if you look up guardians of the world, you find Um, stuff on this. And so they're the underpinnings of the precepts because, you know, we have, Buddha's given us these precepts and inside the uh, Eightfold Path, there's the whole section on morality, sila, ethical behavior, living with integrity, how to, you know, not just um, not steal and not kill, but actually to create uh, a safe environment for all beings, to live with compassion towards all and... um, these two qualities are also um, translated as Kiri, the respect for self, is a wholesome shame. And if we've listened to Brene Brown, which we all have, we know that we don't like using the word shame. But it's really, I think, more of a remorse or of a. a, 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 a uh, 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 thinking about, uh, maybe that's not absolutely the, the best thing to do. Um, so shame, remorse, um, guilt, uh, unease about our actions. And so it's an internal thing. It's a, it's a shrinking away from doing or saying anything that will be, do harm. It's not self-aversion. It's not toxic shame. It's really an investigation of our possible behavior, our speech, our actions, uh, what it is we're going to do and to allow that little, I don't know if it's a voice, but that sensation inside of us that that when we're hopefully fine-tuned to our experience like we what we do when we're practicing in, med- in meditation to pay attention to what's going on that we receive these messages, sometimes they're called red flags, sometimes it's called intuition, but to pay attention to those little voices that say, um, maybe not, That, that innate sense that certain behavior or actions are wrong, so that you have this respect for self, that you're not gonna go down the road of causing harm. Whether it's great harm or not great harm or whatever, it's just something that you're starting to you know, sway off the path of the precepts, just kind of fall out of line. And it's about um, internal respect for our own integrity. And it's about not planting seeds. You know, want when you have the intention to live in this way, live with this world of integrity, um, the, these thoughts come to mind and but as we do in our practice, when we recognize we're caught up in this thinking, to recognize it for what it is and to let it go and come back, it becomes dangerous when we start romancing it. And Bhikkhu Bodhi talks about how, especially now in the world we live in, uh, there's so much of this stuff that's just fallen by the wayside, this this, this moral barometer that people maybe had or had the veneer of having even, has fallen away. Like since you've all seen the Brene Brown, you know, when she wrote her first, or um, when she did her first TED talk, and her husband's like, don't read the comments. <laughs> she read the comments, <laughs> yeah. And of course she did, and things like, go kill yourself. I mean, you know, and, um, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's this, 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 this thing to cause harm, We don't think about it. It's just this autopilot response because we're so disconnected or people are so disconnected and there's all this peer pressure too. you know, social media just fosters that you're hidden, hidden away and you're wherever you are with your device and just so easy to be righteous and we don't pause that's that reactivity just takes over. Um, So watch your intention and watch how you start romancing. It's when we're caught up in this greed and this hatred and delusion, we begin to romance these things. And I'll give you an example that I just experienced on Thursday as I was working on this talk. I, um, the the space I rent in Studio City for the class is $75 a week, but it's normally $300 a month. So I just generally write them a check for $300 at the beginning of the month and um, accept there were five Thursdays in, in in May, but I only wrote her a check for 300 bucks, but she didn't say anything. And she's this woman who's very on top of it, so I don't even think she thought about it. She just said, $300 check, good, got the rent this month. So I'm thinking, as I'm writing out the check for June, it's like, I don't have to, she didn't say a word. I don't need to. That's what the thing is, because you know, it's like, well, it, Maybe it is 300 a month. It's $75 a week. It's not 300 a month. This place is a monthly rent, regardless of how many. That one is not, like I said, buy four Thursdays, get one free. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's, and so, but that's where it was, it's, it's becomes seductive. And we begin to rationalize. And we begin to say, nobody will notice. That's, the, that's where the internal integrity comes in. Because I could have done that, and nobody would have noticed. She didn't notice, but we notice when we do those things. And that's the you know, the bliss of blamelessness when we live with integrity. We don't have that stuff that we collect that weighs us down, that when we sit on the cushion starts, starts chewing at us. If we can show up with integrity, it's like, I don't care what you throw at me. I'm solid. I'm resting on the precepts. And then this underpinning of this this concept of self-respect, this hearing that and integrity. And it's like, oh, you know what? So I wrote the check for June for the extra, the, the three the extra $75 in there. But how often do we do that? I do that. I've done that a lot in my life. It's so much easier just to like, Nobody notices. I take this easy way, this soft way, I really don't want to spend the money, so I won't. It's easy in the moment. It's easy in the moment. Yeah. And I know I've done that stuff. And what, what I think for me the tendency to do, what the tendency was, is to rationalize and to blame. It's just like, well, I had to do that because you did that, therefore I had to do this. And they did this and they had to do that and blah de blah God blah, blah, blah And so, you know, it's okay to shoplift from this large corporation because they'll never notice. And they're bad people anyway. So nerny nerdy So I'm going to do that, but we carry that around with us. Carry that around with us. Um, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, and that's, that's not, you know, so I ended up doing it. Um, so we have to watch how we romance that. We have to watch how we, how we, um, um, how we carry that with us. Really pay attention. Is, if there's a commitment to this, this way of life, this commitment to this, this integrity, because as Bhikkhu Bodhi says this, you know, um, in fact when they teach the Eightfold Path, ethical behavior is often the first thing that's taught. You know, it's just like start clearing out your actions because it makes everything else so much easier. If you start showing up in a wholesome, beneficial way, at least not causing harm, even if you're not cultivating kindness or doing things, just stop the harm, stop for internal harm. And it's not just external, it's internal. The external is the otapa, is the the outward facing one, is the respect for others when you're about to do something, if there's a red flag that goes off, you know, is this going to cause harm, you know, is this, is, what is, even if it's not grandiose, because in general, most of us don't wreak great havoc in the lives of others, um, but just little things, Things we say, I mean, speech is, is huge, and, and, and not just speech, but communication, like, go kill yourself. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and she said she asked somebody to put their dog on a leash because they were supposed to be on a leash, and the person's response was, go on a diet, you fat bitch. <laughs> it's like, this is how we communicate it's amazing. We react. The, the anger comes up, and you know, and I've had some bouts of anger arising this last week, and I've walked around my house screaming, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, but I'm not going to take that outside. <laughs> That's not my intention anyway. I'm hoping that it doesn't show up. It's a, it's a very particular circumstance, um, but I to pay attention to that and, and and carry that you know that red flag acknowledge it um you know uh we have what is it upandita who is this monk in burma in um who is this monk in burma um he said um to it's when we have disgust towards greed hatred and delusion um is when we when we recognize like it was uh, Offering or suggesting in the meditation, um, know what's present. Know what if you're stuck in wanting the pleasant to stay or pushing away the unpleasant. That's starting to be caught in the greed and the craving and the aversion. And when we're caught in that, it's so easy to fall into this this realm of 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 um, doing harm and falling out of integrity. And um, a lot of it is under the underlying um, experience, or the overt experience, is fear. There's a lot of stuff that's driven by fear that causes us to react in these um, in these ways that cause harm. So learn to learn to pay attention to um, those. I, I I keep wanting to say voices. You know, the voice in your head. I well. It, the, the, um, the traditional idea is the devil and the angel. There's the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder, and you're having this argument with yourself going, yeah, go ahead, nah, don't do it, yeah, go ahead, nah, don't do it. It's like, try and do the one that doesn't cause harm. Investigate and see which is more beneficial and which you probably won't have regret over in the future. And so then the otapa is translated as moral fear or dread which is huge, but um, it's the external orientation and what it is, it's a healthy concern over the consequences of our actions, both what will happen to us and um, what we'll do to others. You know, we think things through before saying or do something. Bhikkhu Bodhi says it's the voice of conscience, and I said, what would Buddha do? You know, not WWJD, WWBD. So this is where we land in the precepts. When we contemplate our action, is this going to cause harm, or am I going to create a safe space for others? Is this—is my—is my speech going to cause harm? Is am I taking what's not offered? You know, am I being wise with my sexuality, In, and and self harm? You know, am I ingesting things that are going to cause heedlessness, not just like intoxicants, but am I listening to stuff that I shouldn't listen to? Am I reading stuff that I'm don't need to be reading or paying attention to. So just really, when we pay attention, pay attention in the way to our experience and then pay attention to what that experience is. So there's this continual awareness, the continual investigation. What is this? What is this? What is this? this? Which is why it keeps coming back to that. What What is this? What is this? What is this saying? What is this experience? oh, don't do that, don't say that, you know, careful. When I was talking about this the other night, the word that came out of my mouth was, I invented it, it." snarkasm, you know, I get caught up in being snarky or sarcastic, you know, so getting caught up in snarkasm. It's like, oh, is what I'm gonna say that? Ooh, it might be. Is it gonna get a laugh? Oh, then do I wanna do it? Oh, is, is somebody's feelings gonna get hurt? Oh." Let me err on the side of not hurting another being. Um, yeah, the sutta says we fear losing the trust of the wise and the virtues whom, which we treasure. You know, we there, there's the the consequences of causing harm, but then also the consequences of what's going to happen. Are we going to lose connection with the people we care about? Thing, thinking about you know, did you ever have somebody tell you they were disappointed in you? And it's almost as painful as, as anything else when they're disappointed in who you, how you show up. Not that you've done something bad, but that they're disappointed in your in your lack of integrity, your lack of lack of ethical behavior, your your uh, your actions which have been driven by greed or fear, craving. It's, it's it's that place of, of our conscience telling us to you know pay attention Fear of the, these consequences builds our commitment to practice and then if we cause you know great awful things then there's societal consequences too so guardians are present these so that's why they call them the guardians these guardians are present when we have this clear awareness of what's hurtful to us and hurtful to others. We have this clear awareness of what's hurtful to us and hurtful to others. Yeah, Otapa is, I wrote down Otapa, that outwardly facing one is not telling folks to fuck off. Um, Bhikkhu Bodhi says, The Buddhist teaching at its core is a doctrine of liberation that provides us with tools for cutting through the fetters that keep us bound to this world of suffering. Although the quest for liberation by the practice of the Dhamma depends on individual effort, this quest necessarily takes place within a social environment and is thus subject to all the influences, helpful or harmful, imposed upon us by those by imposed upon us by that environment. So we have to recognize that we are in this world that demands this integrity from us, that we really need to pay attention um, to what's happening. It's so easy to be lulled into this thinking that that's OK. The bar gets lowered and lowered and lowered and lowered. When you look at, when you look at the political discourse today, I watched it happen in the, during the Republican um, uh, debates in the last election, when Trump set the bar really, really low, and all the other candidates started going low. You know, I remember Marco Rubio went down and started, you know, throwing trash back at him, and and it's like, why are you doing that? It's because that's where you know that's where the biggest pop was. You no, know, that got the that that got the um, biggest response, so well, I'm going to go there." There was no moral fortitude, or the moral fortitude was put to side for political reasons. You know? That's my interpretation. That's my interpretation. And it's like you don't want to do that. And what Michelle Obama said, they go low, we go high. People forgot that. People forgot that. You know, and the bar continues to be shifted. What used to be incredibly reprehensible is now okay, in many ways. Um, or what used to be hidden is now out in the open, let me put it. This is more true. More true. So, but the call is to just say, you know, n- enough. Time, time's up. Time's up across the board, period, for everything. So, um, I think that's why these teachings, for me, these teachings are so powerful because they continue to remind me that no, you can't go down that. This is what's right, what's wrong. What's what's beneficial, what's causing harm. What do you have to say? What needs to be said? That's that's where you land. Um, the project of self-cultivation, which the Buddha proclaims as the means to liberation from suffering requires that we keep a critical watch over the movements of our minds, both on occasions when they motivate bodily and verbal deeds and when they remain inwardly absorbed with their own preoccup- preoccupations. To exercise su- such self-scrutiny is an aspect of heedfulness, which the Buddha states is the path to the deafness. S- heedfulness, paying attention, Shame spurs us to overcome unwholesome mental states. They detract the inward loftiness of character to be fashioned by the practice of the Dhamma. Fear of wrongdoing bids us to retreat from morally risky thoughts and actions because we recognize that such deeds are seeds with the potency to yield fruits, fruits that inevitably will be bitter. Inevitably, they will be bitter. And then, by cultivating within ourselves the qualities of moral shame and fear of wrongdoing, we not only accelerate our own progress along the path to deliverance, but also contribute our share to the protection of the world. Given the intricate interconnection that holds, hold between, given the intricate interconnections that hold between all living forms to make the sense of shame and fear of wrong, the guardians of our own mind, Minds is to make ourselves guardians of the world. As the roots of morality, these two qualities sustain the entire efficacy of the Buddha's liberating path as the safeguards of personal decency. They are at the same time, they at the same time preserve the dignity of the human race. It's that commitment to this integrity this, that's so powerful. You know, that was um, you know, because I've spent so much time or been with the Reverend James Lawson so much. Lately, you know, keep thinking about his teaching of um, nonviolence and how that, and and where John Lewis was talking about that, you know, about needing to maintain this integrity, um, doing the work uh, of, you know, during the civil rights movement and and on. It's just this forbearance, which they were talking to. Upandita was a, talked about this a lot, and uh, that month from Burma. And there was an interview with Upandita in Tricycle magazine, and he passed away a couple of years ago. I think he was in his 90s. And he was he was Aung San Suu Kyi's teacher. And um, I wonder what he would say to her today. Um, but he, they were interviewing him, and they asked him about what, after decades of fighting the horrific, uh, horrific regime in Burma, Myanmar, what qualities were really important uh, in order to maintain, you know, that steadfastness and that ability to uh, keep going. He, he said forbearance is the important attribute. Patient, be patient and non-reactive. Patient and non-reactive, just to continue to forbear and to add meta to this to keep that that balance of loving-kindness as well as just being willing to stay the course. And he talked about these two qualities of hiri and Ataka. He said, just you need to continue to have the respect for self and others. Just as I don't wish to suffer, neither do others. So we have to develop the mental resistance as well as the physical. So, those are my thoughts. I think that this, um, this ability to tune into our own uh, moral compass and the effort it takes to stay aligned with that moral compass really is, is what leads us into this place of integrity which allows us to show up in the world and to lead a life of not causing harm and continue to um, do what needs to be done. So those are my uh, 14 cents. I'd love to hear any thoughts or comments about how this lands for y'all. When I first thought to hear these angles you raised about your friend walking and the dog, and well, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you should go on a diet at, at the store you're seeing for the parking space. Because, yes, you know, those people saying that you should develop a sense of internal integrity, but as a person, I just instantly put myself in the role of receiving it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, then what's my work now? Like my work then is to kind of diffuse and de- deflect, like, just be able you know, to process quickly that. That not is me. not mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's also a form of self-integrity. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. thank okay. you. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no. sorry. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That's so important. Um, that it's not us. It's this has yeah. nothing to do with us. Yeah. It's them, and to see that that was the, that was the story. I think I told was talking about last week with John Lewis when he's if, if he's the 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 congressman from uh, Atlanta. Uh, the Atlanta area and he talks about when, being trained in nonviolence before even sitting down at a lunch counter and when he's crossing the bridge in Selma and he saw the man coming at him and it took everything in his ability to go what is it in him that's causing him to do this? It's absolutely not personal. That's graduate level shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's graduate level. and um, But worth getting to, worth the work I think it takes to get there. Because there's that's where the freedom is.